ARE Study Guide Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ARE Study Guide Podcast. In this short episode, we are going to do a deep dive on the standard of care. I think this topic is really important for our own practices. I don't honestly know how much of this will actually get tested on your exams, but it is a really important topic. And in my research, I learned a lot and I want to share all of that with you. So the standard of care can be modified. The conditions that we talk about are about the unchanged standard of care per AIA document B101. However, any owner or architect for that matter can change the standard of care. So if the standard of care has been modified, be very careful. As you know, I'm taking my exams right alongside you. I don't have my own practice. So a lot of the things I say, if it's not directly from a book, it's my opinion. So take it with not just a grain of salt, but take it with the whole salt container. These are just my opinions. But my opinion is I love the AIA documents. I think these contracts are great. And as much as possible, we should not try to mess with them. So the standard of care in AIA document B101 says the architect shall perform its services consistent with the professional skill and care ordinarily provided by architects practicing in the same or similar locality under the same or similar circumstances. The architect shall perform its services as expeditiously as is consistent with such professional skill and care and the orderly progress of the project. So it means that you need to show the same quality as other architects do. And you need to work in a time-efficient manner. When lawyers try to prove negligence of an architect and they review the contract, they are going to look at the standard of care. It is really, really important. The standard of care is a clause that covers all of the things you can't spell out in an agreement. To prove that the standard of care was not met, Typically, an expert witness will come testify and say what they believe the appropriate standard of care should have been for the situation. So another architect will come in and say what they would have done in that situation, which may be the same thing the architect did, or maybe they'll prove that the architect did not meet the standard of care. So like I said, owners can modify the standard of care, and you have to be really careful about this. The standard of care basically says that our work will be the same as an average architect, but the owner could add something that could say, this project will not fail or, or this project will meet the levels of the highest standard of quality. Also, the architects can modify their standard of care by doing things outside of their contractual requirements, such as instructing a contractor on their means and methods. You have to be really careful with that. You might know how to build things, but it is not your job to tell a contractor how to do that unless you want to assume that liability. In the architect's handbook of professional practice, it warns architects very severely about allowing modification of the standard of care. Because when you change the standard of care, 
you open up a whole can of worms about what those new conditions actually mean. People can debate the terminology that is used and your insurance company might not cover you against your errors and emissions if you raise the level of your standard of care. So you could potentially tell an owner who wants to change the level of standard of care. You could tell them that your insurance won't cover you. And that may or may not be true. You could look it up with your insurance company, but typically insurance companies won't want to cover you if you're increasing your standard of care to say that you're going to deliver something crazy like a perfect project or some other largely unobtainable goal. So some things that are not considered breaches of standard of care, things that are considered acceptable mistakes, so to speak, minor errors and omissions are to be expected. A lot goes into drawing sets and it is not a breach of standard of care to have minor errors and omissions. The way you design or detail something is not a breach of your standard of care. So let's say you design a detail that isn't typical. An owner can't say that you breach the standard of care because that's not what an ordinary architect would have done. Design details that you make, as long as they are adequate and they function, that's okay. That No one can say that you breach the standard of care for designing something a certain way. So let's say you designed a project nine years ago, so it's still within the statute of limitations, which is typically 10 years, and a system fails. You did it nine years ago, and now nine years later, that system isn't used anymore because people know it doesn't work. But back nine years ago, lots of people were using it. That wouldn't be considered a breach of your standard of care because at the time it's what everyone was doing and no one knew any better. So the standard of care takes into account the time when decisions were made or when a project was built, not the current conditions or requirements. You are not responsible for designing a project to meet conditions not applicable to your region. For example, if you live somewhere that doesn't get tornadoes or hurricanes or earthquakes, you're not responsible for designing a building that can resist any of those things if those things don't occur in your region. And likewise, if you live in a mild climate, you're not responsible for designing a project as if you lived in a cold northern climate. One of your responsibilities as an architect is to design a project within budget. A budget will affect what the owner gets for their money. You can't give the owner everything if there's not much money. You are not responsible for designing a project as if the budget were higher. So that means if you have a low budget, you're going to design things more simply and at a reduced quality. And that makes sense. You're not responsible for delivering a really high quality project if the budget is low. So if you ever ended up in court for this, another architect can't come in and say they would have designed it better, but the budget would have had to have been higher to do so. And likewise, all other constraints, including the project schedule and the level of experience of the architect and the project type, etc., 
all of the constraints are considered with standard of care. If you're a first-time architect and the owner knows that working with you, right, because we're upfront about all of our qualifications, that is a requirement per, I think it's the code of ethics. So the owner knows you're new at this. That's taken into consideration with the standard of care as well. So if you ever went to court, they would expect what would another new architect do with this project, the project schedule. If the project is fast-tracked or um, delayed on the opposite end, you know, things are moving really fast or really slow, that affects how the building will be built, and that is taken into consideration with your standard of care. And the project type, we design different project types in different ways, and that does affect our standard of care. So that's just a little episode on standard of care. In the next episode, we're going to talk about design intent versus contractors, means, and methods. It'll be another short episode, but another really important topic. So stay tuned. Bye.